welcome to These Lads on Mental. My name is Gary. And I'm Neil. And our podcast is a lighthearted approach to normalise mental health. But before we start today's show, please listen to our disclaimer. This show is just a group of opinions and is not to be treated as medical advice. If you are struggling with mental health, please speak to your physician or reach out to a service such as Lifeline. Thank you. These lads are mental recognizes the Gadigal people of the Aurora nation as the custodians and traditional owners of Sydney. We pay respect to their ancestors and elders past and present and value their continuing connection to lands, living culture and integral contribution to the bright and inclusive future of this beautiful city that we call home. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's These Lads Are Mental show. On this week, our topic is about being an entrepreneur and a business owner and how to deal with the mental health challenges that come with that. Yeah, it's a topic uh, that I've mentioned to, to Sally a few times that would be worth talking about because I know a, a lot of the listeners are business owners or I suppose in this new wave of 2022, 20, is it 2022? <laughs> Everyone's looking for a side hustle or running their own business and it can, it can often look appealing from the outset. So it's, it is worth well knowing what is involved in the whole process, whether you're doing that as a side business or as your business or you're thinking about it. So yeah, um, it's, it's an interesting uh, paradigm shift because, you know, if you, if you were to look at like, let's say society 50 years ago, like, like 10 years ago, like but even the term side hustle wasn't even a thing, right? Whereas nowadays, I've actually thought about this before and I think, I wonder why that is. I think there's a lot more awareness nowadays with people and people have like, like big dreams and I think own your own business and making it a success is one way where you can kind of create those dreams versus let's say you know working for the man which previous generations were more content with once you could get like food on the table you know if you think of the, the Haslow hierarchy of, of, of needs mm-hmm. down, the, down the bottom you've got security you know food things like that and um, whereas nowadays I think people are kind of seeing that like hang on a second I can actually do that um, and and start an idea work hard at it and you know you can make it happen obviously it's not as simplistic as that or as easy and when you know like let's say with sue my wife and i we've always thought about doing a business going back like years ago like like nimbus actually which is our business which turned six this year which was mental to think about that's now six years old so if you think about this not many not many not many businesses will make it past five years. It's pretty successful in itself, I think. Yeah, but also it's kind of really down. Like we've missed our anniversary. <laughs> it was three years in a row. We had to have somebody else go, oh, didn't you guys open in August? I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's actually really bad. At- well, I thought you meant a wedding anniversary. <laughs> Don't start with that. I mean, we missed that as well. We're brutal, brutal. You know, vis-a-vis life of a business owner, you just like, you know, all the all the minutiae sometimes like, you know, goes over your head. But you know, the ideation kind of has started way be way before that. And like Sue, for example, my wife has had say three or four businesses before we even got to Nimbus. She did a healthy meals, snacks to corporates, she did an online seven-day meal plan thing. Um so she's like she's done a whole range of different things like oh she, oh she also did this 
this is called she bangs which was like scrum cheese for uh, scrum cheese business called she bangs which i actually thought was a pretty cool idea um and now like scrunchies scrunchies have kind of like yeah they're, they're they were always around but like they kind of became cool again not too long ago so it's kind of like i think there's a, there's definitely a misrepresentation of Oh, you know, one day you just want to set up a business, and then it will pop into your head, and then away you go. And and even though there is innovation, creativity, and all those things linked to us, there's still a process, you know, if that makes sense. And and we even spoke about this on the ABC show that I was lucky to be part of, Space Twenty Two, which is now on. Oh, you're TV mate. Yeah. <laughs> <I'll get more. laughs> don't get, don't get me started here. <laughs> You've been liking and commenting on all the posts. No, it's uh, well on on the show, which is about art and um, space twenty two is called. And again, going into that, it was a similar enough premise. Like when you go into that, basically what the show was about was like seven people who struggle with mental health and using art therapy as a way to like adapt to it. But when you go in, there's that fear factor. Like I can't paint, I can't sing, I can't do any of that stuff. But what was great from a learning perspective was. They had experts and Australian artists and musicians and so forth that helped us through it. And the very first thing they did was actually break down the stigma around it, which was, I can't do it. And yeah, I think you spoke to, you spoke to one of the previous guests about that. I think it was a painting. Um, yeah. You gave to- yeah, exactly. And you think, oh, I can't do that. Or even like the last episode on Space 22, which aired on Tuesday, which was number six was music and the same kind of thing with Eddie Perfect who was this amazing musician who I didn't even hear I hadn't heard of being honest before the show and got a lot of the artists and so forth they were like and today we've got Wendy Sharp but I was like yeah <laughs> today we've got Eddie Perfect who's Eddie Perfect um sorry Wendy sorry Eddie but you guys are legends now in my in my heart but yeah like with the music they were like if I said to you today, like, okay, Gary, you've got two days to make the song, you'd be like, fuck, don't know where to start, how do I do all this stuff? But Eddie broke it down into very basic terms. And if you've got a template as well, so he took Mary Had a Little Lamb as his example. So we all sung Mary Had a Little Lamb to break the ice. Then we had to put our words into the same rhythm so you could pick what the words were. And then you sung that out. And then he then took away the parameters of like, well, it doesn't have to be exactly like Mary had a little lamb. You can add another line or you can change things up, which we did that. And then at the very end, he then did his thing and played his, he said to us like, okay, well, what kind of mood are you going for with this song? And I said, oh, well, mine's a bit, you know, I want it to be serious, but like happy undertone. So then he, you know, obviously this is where he used his skill. He layered some off the cuff music over my lyrics. And like, I actually cried on the show because I was like, oh my God. Now that was like day one. And then day two, to create lyrics for a song that we had to do together collaboratively, he did this really cool thing where he's like, right, you've got a minute to answer each question. And he threw five questions at us. So one of them, for example, was like, I did this. This is the one one you did last week in the conversation. Oh, oh, was it? Yeah. 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 You you had a lyric to a song. Yeah, exactly. And then we put all that in, and yeah. then all of a sudden you had a song. So within two days you had a song, and it, it, I think it's a bit like that with business. Like it takes years to kind of 
come up with an idea, you know, to try and solve a problem, you know, find what your purpose is. And people often think, oh, I don't know, I want to do something, but I don't know what it is. You actually just follow those steps of like, well, what are you trying to solve? Like, what's an issue that you feel you're passionate about? And um, like, what's your own purpose in all of this? And how do you think you can drive a change? And if you kind of keep mustering and thinking about those things, quite often an idea will pop into your head. And then from an entrepreneurial point of view, like my advice would be like to just start somewhere like the first thing you do might not be your end business and you know it's like most entrepreneurs who actually look back into their history have failed businesses like Elon Musk all those guys they were bankrupt four times over you know all this kind of stuff but you have to take a chance you have to take a risk and and often when you have mental health like you're not like you, you can tend to not be a risk taker and I could definitely hold my hand up there. I'm very like everything has to be calculated. I have to like suit, like you know, like I don't like getting out of my comfort zone. Um, but you kind of have to, and that's where like Sue and I work quite well because she pushes the boundaries of the comfort zone, and then you know you follow suit. But yeah, I think every <laughs> I don't know even what my long-winded point was there, but I think like entrepreneurism. Like it doesn't just start one idea, it doesn't start one thing, but you have to start somewhere and then that hopefully will lead to, to a place where you can go. And then once you get that started, then it's the old classic, like and there's an argument about this and I don't know what the answer is, but one of the arguments is, do I keep my day job? And then do I do my side hustle on the side? And if it gets big enough, then I flick the switch off and I go full hog. And then there's arguments pro and against that. That's kind of like how I did mine, but I also had the safety net of my wife running the business, you know, which kind of allowed me to do that. But then other people will say to you, well, if you don't quit your job and go full into it two feet, like, like how do you expect it to succeed? Like you have to be a hundred percent present. How can you keep a day job? And then also try and do things there. So I don't think there's a right answer in any of that. I think it depends on your situation because I've had, I, I know success stories that have done both ways. I know people who have done the keep the day job and when it gets big enough, they transition and vice versa. So that was a, there's a lot to unpack there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the show. Uh, one minute I was singing me a little lamb, next minute I'm fucking starting the business. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. I think so. Maybe, maybe I mean this episode alone wouldn't cover the amount of mental health things that would be involved in starting your own business, thinking even thinking about a business, however it may be. I think a good place might 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 be to start just to have like a theme for it would be maybe talking about maybe those people and us two have been there when you're thinking about actually starting and what you think it might be like and the doubts. That prevent you because I mean, at the end of the day, it's not for everybody. Um, mm. I think I think that's something that's probably, probably I don't know why I keep saying social media, but if you're on media a lot, you get it gives you the impression that just ah, oh, just get a job, go over and get a full time job, get a full time business, and it's easy. Do this and there's this and this and this. There's it can be, a, it's not for everybody because there are different personalities. I'm sure there is a, a role for everybody, and I'm sure you could find something. But if you just got one idea and you think I want to go for this, that idea might not be for you. If you're someone who's a like for me, the big thing for me would be I like to be sociable. So me not being out and about with people, that's my biggest challenge. But 
I'm, I'm sticking with it, but I could easily see it was a, a bit of an eye-opener for me to go in your head. You're like, oh, brilliant. Don't have to go and I can be at home. I can go in and I want. But then you're like, shit, I quite like being with people and working with people and like collaborating and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's an outset thing that I didn't realise till I was in it. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. then I started digging deeper and talking to other people who are involved. And like, that's the biggest thing that killed me. I spoke to a guy recently who he's doing very well for himself. He was basically a content creator and he quit his job, went three months just doing content creation only. After three months, quit. said, I, I just went back to a full-time job. It was like, I couldn't, I couldn't do I didn't do it along with us. Mm. Yeah, well, that, that was an interesting one. There's a saying, well, there's a saying that, you know, if you want, if you want to have a success, it's lonely, basically, like running your own successful business because you're on your own clock essentially and that's where like you have the big differences between working in a in a job and then working for yourself is that like there's nobody else that's going to push this or drive this except you and all the emotions and all the stress sits on your shoulders um, and nobody else involved in your business outside of the, the founders will ever be able to appreciate that level of stress or or um emotion and that is that is a huge that is a huge thing to bear um you know like and there's definitely been times where i felt like gosh i would just love to just go in put my work hat on do a good eight hours chat to friends and then go home whereas you don't get that and then you know even in the corporate life the more you go up the ladder anyway the less social things can be you know because when you become a manager or a leader you start having the flex muscles where like i can be a certain type of friend towards you in certain capacity yeah, but yeah. Then there's a limit and then you have like and that's like part of growing anyway and developing into a leader but if you're a business owner that's like even exacerbated even more because at the end of the day like you're the boss so it's kind of like you know you have to bridge that gap and that is challenging in its own right between like especially when you're starting off because when you start off you're just trying to do as much as you can to get things going you're not that you're cutting corners but you're trying to do everything off the smell of an oily rag so we had friends who were working for us and then that creates more barriers if things don't work like you know sue and i are married like that's a whole nother dynamic as well that we can maybe talk about later but yeah it's it is a completely different kettle of fish like when you're now suddenly responsible for not only like you're the only thing that's putting bread on the table like like regular paychecks like that's a huge thing then when you start getting bigger you start employing people now you're responsible for their livelihoods you're now paying their checks and like we've come very close to the edge on numerous occasions where you're like fuck i don't know how we're gonna like get this stuff paid and like you try and go to sleep with that hanging over your heads versus if you're working in a day job where you're just like, oh, I need to do that presentation next week. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, yeah. they're, they're two very, very different things. And as you said, there's the glamour associated with it. Like you see on social media and people are like, oh, I'm living my best life. I'm doing this and doing that. And like, you know, people probably, like I would probably be one of those people as well where you're like, you're doing this, you're doing that. People are like, like whenever I see someone from home, I was like, they come from, sorry, currently podcasting live from Italy. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably being very hypocritical here, considering we've been on a we've been on a working trip since fifth uh, of May, um, <laughs> which is one of the good bonuses of like you know. I've 
as you mentioned, though, to give context that you are in your sixth year of business and you have had a lot of highs and lows and you have to enjoy, you have to, you do have to enjoy the success that you've had as well. And you've built it to a point where you can trust other people with your business. So there's a lot, I'm just taking the piss. There's a lot to that, obviously. Yeah. No, thanks. Thanks for that context. Yeah. And also, there's a, what we like with COVID, for example, our business, we have to try and digitize to, to drive scale because we're a bricks and mortar business. So when COVID hit, we were virtually closed for, you know, all the lockdowns. And now we're actually expanding the business into other areas where we don't necessarily need to be fixed to the where the studios are. And also, I think it came to an important part of this studio's lifespan for them to be able to stand on their own two legs without Neil or Sue being around or any kind of business owner. Um, and that's not always the case. Sometimes you're like, you need to be a present and it's obviously beneficial to be present, but you have to kind of trust the process and let go. It's like your children going to school you know there's going to be some teething issues and some problems initially but like you know hopefully in a few years time when we have 20 50 100 studios across the world like we're not going to be in every place every second day it's, it's impossible right so you have to kind of trust the process a little bit on that so yeah i mean they are some of like that's the kind of the re rewards that you can get which are, you know, you work hard, you build a business, you stick at it and you work on it, then you can do things like what we're doing now or, or have the flexibility to make those choices. And there is a lot of flexibility with your own business. Like as you were saying, like if I wake up on a Monday and I don't want to work, like you can make that choice. I know, but I think that's, I think that is to me is half, I say mental health battle of running your own business. So you run your own business to try and get away from, as I say, the nine to five. But then when you get your own business, you almost feel guilty if you're not working the night, like in the nine to five. So for me personally, I'm not particularly productive between nine and five. I, I mean, I'm really productive in early in the morning and then I'm really productive late at night. I'm sort of okay floating in between. But I can get a shit ton done in the morning. So really the nine to five right. doesn't really suit the way my brain works for whatever reason. I can be hyper. I can get lots of little life admin stuff done during the day. I can work out. I can get the things I don't have to think about. Hmm. So for me, then, but then it gets to like, say you sleep in one day and you miss that morning slot. Then it gets to 12 o'clock in the afternoon and you're like, start, you start thinking, I need to get this done. And then that builds up and that builds up and that builds up. And then it's a bit of a catch 22 where you're like, well, I'm in this because it's okay. I can spend tomorrow on doing things. I can do it on Saturday. But then you almost don't allow yourself sometimes that enjoyment or that flexibility because you're putting pressure, I suppose you're putting pressure on yourself. But I think that's definitely a learning curve. I'd also think it's something you might never, get rid of uh, from me speaking to people who have been in business much longer than me, something they continue to battle with. But I suppose it's a good thing as well because you're striving probably to get better and improve your business and make sure everything's okay. But I think fight, striving for that balance. Um, maybe not when you're getting started because you need to do a bit more doggy work, but I think as you get going, yeah. having most people to employ to do things and help you in plan trips, plan yeah. breaks away yeah. where you have to escape. Well, that's, um, that's one that of the challenges. Yeah, I think like you're you're kind of touching on like the kind of boundaries there. And I think one of the dangers with if you do struggle with like any kind of mental health condition, like whether it's stress or anxiety, when you're a business owner, there's not you're never not connected, which you know is one thing. Like I, I used to find when you work in a nine to five, at least you can kind of leave it at home sometimes. Like sometimes it'd be something big and you'd be thinking about it. You know, that does happen, of course. Or if you're not hitting your targets or something like that, that can hang over you. But generally, you can leave your work at home. When you're a business owner, 
that just like that goes out the window so trying to build your own boundaries which like six years in like i'm still like, like i'm nowhere near like have it right at all and that's like a really hard thing to do and um, to set those boundaries not just for the business but your, for your own self and you know that you do have options when you go into to do a business like you can go the whole hog and work your ass off and like you know you hear people going oh i'm going to give it five years like working tits off and blah, 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 blah. but then you start like i guarantee you those people are probably i don't know drinking or like going mental on the weekends to try and like get away from it all so like getting that balance is actually like it's really really tough and then like you throw get in on top of that um which is hard as well and how i describe sometimes with running a business is like you You've always got one foot in and one foot out. So even if you are on the on the Saturday, you go out for lunch with your mates. Like this is what I think now. This is what goes through my head. I'm thinking about something that's next week that I need to get done. And then I'm thinking, right, I'm going to be hung over on Sunday. So I can't do anything like that. Then it's going to be Monday again. Then I'm going to start getting emails and texts and all the team going, can I do this, can I do that? And then all of a sudden it's going to be Wednesday and I'm going to be out of time. So then that kind of swizzles around your head all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah so even though you're sitting there at a lunch like you're not really present with yourself yeah. and then um, it's the same with going on a holiday which i know sounds ridiculous but like when you're on a holiday like there's always something there's always somebody like and now because we're so connected like we like and a lot of these well technology does wonders for our business like we are on slack for communications which works really well we've got like uh, whatsapp has a desktop thing which is like brilliant for connecting overseas we have all these amazing things but, you know, the, the, the whole thing of, like, people used to say, like, oh, I wake up in the morning, I'll check all my stuff, and then that's it for the day. Like, I struggle a lot with that because the business moves so fast. You wake up, and I do that, which takes 30 minutes or whatever, but then you're getting pings on Slack, then you're getting pings on email, then you're getting pings here, pings there. Then there's, like, so your team are looking for you, but then you've got, like, maybe you've got a journalist who's writing a story who's, like, I need images and I need them now. And you're, like... If you don't do that, then you miss the opportunity. And then, you know, you've got all those things swirling around and it gets to a point then where it, it can become very overwhelming, you know? No, 100%, mate. And I think from you talking about um, having one foot in the business and one foot out, it's, it's harder for people who often people will start a business based on their own passion or what is a hobby and you turn it into a, a business and make money from it. So, I mean, health and fitness would be a big one. Obviously, Nimbus is more in the health and wellness category. Mine's is my sports performance. But for me, on that Saturday afternoon, typically I'll talk about football to somebody. Typically, as soon as someone mentions something, you start thinking of business opportunities in your head or partnerships or these things. And I could go with it. So what should just be a casual conversation about, for me, football or for somebody else, or what you've been doing in the gym recently? Before you know it, you're thinking about who you can, who you can introduce them to, who they can introduce you to, how you can build your bit. It becomes no longer a social conversation it's mm. always of course there's plenty of opportunity and it can be a good thing but it also doesn't allow for that to switch off because your passion and your hub and your business have just completely merged which again has got positives but there is definitely drawbacks to that as well mm. and that like you try like one example there is like then you add that into a family dynamic where you're working with your partner in and out of business so everything is like very close and like yeah, yeah, you're trying but then you're trying to flick on the intimacy switch like when it comes yeah. nine o'clock at night which like i i i tend to find quite difficult whereas like sue's much better at that sue can just 
let something go, go for a walk, and she's in like her social mood, whereas I'm still thinking about that thing. And then, you know, and then sometimes like, oh, give us a cuddle. I'm like, what? I've got to do that email. Like, so it's like, it becomes very, the, the, the lines become very blurred. And, you know, when you add in your family on top of that, which like being totally honest, I probably would not recommend this for most people. Like yeah, it's really, yeah. it's really pushed every orifice of our relationship, both personally, professionally, everything to the, like the real edge. So, um, but you know, <laughs> we're still here for now, <laughs> which is a good thing. <laughs> but I was going to say one other annoying thing I find, and this sounds also ridiculous when people, when you have a business, the first thing people will tend to say when they meet you or see you, especially if you haven't seen you for a while, it's like, how's the business going? it's so annoying it's like it's like that conversation it's like oh you've got then you've got to go through your spiel of like oh yeah you know, like, sometimes while, you just want to say yeah it's fine what are you mate how you doing i good mate you i know bad i'm surviving hey it's also like obviously all those people are being so lovely about it and of course they're, yeah, right. and they're being inquisitive and you know which is great like, yeah they're just trying to be your mate look out for you and support you but then for you you're like oh, this, this, this conversation you know well our 2022 financial report you know said this and um, and then also yeah a lot of people like there's the front cover of what you're doing which is you know social da 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 and everyone thinks it's all roses and gardens and everyone's smoking jewelry, but it's a I bit like an, yeah, it's a bit like an iceberg situation. Like you have you show one piece which people see, but underneath your legs are going like fucking a hundred oh, miles an hour. And, I think um, I think that the it's just as we talk about it, there's just so many things that like thinking back to the guests we've had on and then thinking about what we're talking about now. There's so many. I think almost. Obviously, being employed in general, or the work life in general, comes with its own struggles. But I think as we're talking about being like running your own business, or even if you're in partnership with somebody, it covers almost every aspect. I think you at some point face almost every aspect of what is potential from the mind. Like there's so many things that happen, and so many tools and tactics from even as simple as productivity tools you use, like. Maybe apps mm. you use, what's your productivity? Everyone's always obsessed with morning routines or evening routines. But often a good work or business routine, whether it be a, even a dashboard, the way you create things, or when you check emails, or when you start work, or how you, you go to the gym early on, you go for a walk, all those things really are all about priming your mind to get have as good a day possible in your business. As soon as that's done, you know yourself, if you have a really good morning, say you wake up, you go to Nimbus, you've had a big successful day you've got everything done everything's clean you've got a big event coming up it's all prepared you probably go home that night like you won't struggle to be in a social media suit that night because you'll be buzzing everything's off your mind and it's just all that is that's a complete mental health thing mm. how is your mindset mm. you deal with and it's because you've done things from the business end so it's just always lingering there and i think that starts from when you in fact it probably starts from the night before in terms of you preparing for the next day how are you doing it? Finding your routine, what works for you? Because some people are busting their ass, they're really trying their best, they're trying everything. They're doing things that don't work for them. You know, we've spoken in the past with people who try meditation, but it's just not right for them. Mm. They think, well, oh, I'm stressed at my bin. I was doing meditation. But that's not working for them either. So it's just this, they're adding more to a conveyor belt that's just never stopping. 
Well, I just, I, yeah, I was making notes as you were talking because, yeah, there's, there's a load of stuff there that was springing to mind. I was just like, ding, ding, ding. Like, and like this is the really hard part when you're in a business because you hear two sides of um, of the coin. And I've heard this before about advice that you get. Like, you'll ask one person one thing, they'll say one thing. You'll ask another person, they'll say the other thing. So who do you believe? And in businesses, this whole thing is you're saying, like, sometimes, like, if you're pushing shit uphill, maybe it's time to say like this is not working and like i kind of that story you were telling about the guy who tried it for three months and then quit went back like there's a lot of merits in that because he could have stuck with that for the next 10 years not been happy and drove himself miserable and it's a bit like i says the example with divorce and marriages like sometimes you know like you hear of like people getting divorced in their 60s and some people go like how are you getting divorced in your 60s you've been married 40 years but you're like but yeah you still could have 20 25 years left in your life like so why if you're not happy like why why do you need to stay with it which yeah thinking of irish people i think like that's definitely an old generation thing where like people just stuck with it even though like couples weren't happy um versus let's say the pushing through and i've heard like statistics going it's only as a business owner it's only when you feel like you need to give up are you truly in the place where now you can succeed so you hear things yeah. like that as well. And like there's been so many times where both Sue and I have gone, fuck, like I just want to give up. Like this is just too much. Like I can't, I can't deal with it anymore. But then when you actually listen to if anyone's interested in this generally, like one podcast I would recommend is How I Built This by NPR. It's an American podcast by Guy Raz. And he basically interviews entrepreneurs and goes through their whole story of how they got there. But they like he interviews like mega big people like airbnb you something? Yeah, yeah i wish if i make it if you if i'm on npr and in that show npr at any point like i'm i've probably got like a multi-million dollar business and um, because they only really deal with the top guns but like canvas is a brilliant success story an australian success story and uh, melanie perkins now it's i think it was valued at something like 30 billion dollars and that like absolutely amazing yeah, yeah i don't know but often they all say the same thing, even though all their stories are very different. It's a lot of the characteristics are the same. And most of them will say at some point, like, I wanted to give up, like, I was fed up. Multiple so, times. Yeah, multiple times. So the pushing through thing, like, I suppose the thing is, like, there is no right answer, but, like, it does, these are trends that tend to happen. Um, but also, like, the routine you mentioned there, like I went to seeing a psychologist, which is great. I started to open up for the first time, just going back four or five years ago. And at the time I was so structured on my routine, which was actually giving me stability. And then when I w went through all that work, it was about teaching me to let go of this, which definitely had a purpose and merit. But what I found is when I started to take the routine down and let, like be less wound up, which is, you know, there was benefits to that, as I was saying, I got a bit lost then yep. and now what I'm trying to do is actually get back to the routine. I'm actually struggling a bit now because like I used to be very regimented in almost everything I do. I'd have breakfast at a certain time every day, blah, blah, blah. you'd work out at lunch. Like, and that was like my system. And when I got rid of that system, I didn't know who or what I was doing. And now it's taken me ages. Yeah. Well now I'm like, and then you add in the mix of you're saying the flexibility of working from home not at a desk and i was like i couldn't like i'm still struggling with that i was like oh, i can't get yeah, it done yeah and then like and, and then you know you try and do something as you were saying when you do the kind of smaller tasks like just proofread something or something like that that's that's fine 
but trying to sit down and build the strategy for your business going into three, five, ten years with all that, like it becomes very, very difficult. And then what also happens then is you end up comparing yourself to a lot of other businesses. So as a business owner who is successful, let's say in your own right, you then compare yourself to somebody else, which is a never-ending black hole. No matter how good you are, there's always somebody else who you'll look at and go, fuck, he's doing better than okay. me, she's doing better than me. And there's most people know Akabums in Australia. And he, like he's a good, a good example of like they're an amazing family, Eugene and Deb, and they have the two boys. Amazing Bondi family, very successful business, you know, beautiful photography. He was like the first to do the kind of that style of photography. And you would look at Akabums and go, wow, what? And like that is in my mind the holy grail. Like, like both parents are in the business. It's local in there, you know, in Bondi. It's successful. And you'd be like, fuck, that's what you would dream of, you know? Versus, let's say, running an international multi-corporation, which, yes, would probably... 10,000 employees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that has all these other issues. Like, they... Aquabums is yeah. almost like, in my mind, would it... Like, I wish I had photography as a skill and made it to that point. Because, like, it's just this beautiful size, beautiful business, and, like, they do really, really well. But then I've, you know, worked with huge before and spoken to him, and he's... And even though that looks like the perfect business, of like, like he spent 25 years, I think he was telling me, to build what it is today. And even though, you know, to get something to that point, which might seem simple or the perfect thing now, like, it, like he was in another job, he told me before, he just started taking photographs, sent them to some of his friends. And then his friends were like, God, you should... Like send us more of these, and then he started a newsletter. So he used to flick around just casual images to his mates in the area, and then he took the plunge of like renting a space out in Brighton Boulevard up in Ben Buckler and Bondi, and did a launch thing, and heaps of people went there, and then like the rest is history. But I think like it's it's a Aquabones is like a beautiful example of both one side and the other side of business. One side of that you think, oh that seems so simple. I can do that. Or, you know, yeah, if I just come up with something, I can do that. But then the I other side do is that. Like, just be patient for 25 years. Oh, it made worries, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll do my job. <laughs> we, we just see, like, and honestly, before I knew, um, like, the Tan family, like, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I can almost, it's like a relatively new business that I've probably been going four or five years. Like, that's what I would have hazarded a guess at. Not knowing that, like, his journey into that business took the most the majority of his life to get to that and um, so like you know again the, none of these are the answer like every business is different but you know it, it can sometimes you can see one thing and you don't understand what's gone into that from a legacy point of view to make it the success it is now you know it's like it takes so much time to create this beautiful simplicity which is now your life you know so just wanted to kind of flag that with people that you know, sometimes businesses and things like that, like where they are now, like there's more to it, you know, kind of way. Yeah, I, I think it would also be worth noting because obviously everything we spoke about so far is not negatives, but realities of things to be aware of or things that the realities of doing it start and I've been in for ages and there's people who've been in business far longer than us to who would be able to tell us different perspectives or people who are probably just over there, there is people out there who have struck gold early on and they can tell us a different perspective again. However, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of positives as well. So from a positive mm. side of things, 
from running a business. We've touched on a few. I mean, for you, obviously, having the young one, spend more time with them, spend more time, obviously, you're working with your missus, some more time with her. You've got flexibility going holiday. But I think also even just that little buzz you get when you do get some success, that's hard to get from a job. The, feel, mm-hmm. the feeling of you've accomplished something or the feeling of just somebody getting rec- recognising what you've done or like maybe in yours, maybe someone's saying, oh, what are you doing? And we go, oh, I've numbers. Oh, numbers, I love that place. It's like mm-hmm. a moment for you. You think that's, that's me yeah. who's done that. That's yeah. for me and my team that's done that. I think they things are tough to, obviously in a job you can do something really well and somebody can give you a pat in the back, pat in the back. But sometimes in work, often work goes unrecognised. And that's often a complaint with people why they want to leave their work because they don't get recognised for, for mundane tasks or things or, or big tasks that they put work into. So I think that's a massive positive of being your own boss. Yeah, like it, it, if, you're in a, if you're in a corporate job, but how many people are listening to this at some point in some job who were killing it, doing a great job, smashed it, but then, I don't know, the boss took the, the plaudits or you didn't get any financial remuneration for that. Like in my last, one of my previous jobs, I was in a marketing role, so not sales, but played, you know, my team played a big role in bringing in like the business and coming up with the ideas, but we never got any like commission or anything like that off that. So you bring in like a multi-million dollar deal and get nothing for it. And then that money is then going to somebody in a different country at a higher plane and you like, you know, whereas you're on the ground doing all that work. When you think about it in that sense, you're like, and then you flip that to being a business owner where it's like everything you do, every dollar that comes in is essentially yours. And, you know, that should be a huge driving thing. And we've got an amazing mentor in Sydney who's also Irish. And, you know, he's been working with us for the last few years. And, you know, we've been thinking about buying a house. And then I had redundancy money from the last job. And he was sitting there and he was saying, like, well, like, what are you going to do? Like, how can you have saving when you're trying to make your business, like, big? If your business goes big, you're never going to have to worry about a house deposit again in your life. Like, like that's, that's the that's the sweet treat at the end of all this. So like, you know, going back to that analogy I was saying before of like half being committed, like, you know, we, I had money in the bank, which wasn't enough for a deposit, but then, you know, he was saying like, well, how serious are you about your business? You're holding on to this bit of money. Whereas like, if you put it all in and really make this a success, you'll never have to think about those things again. So it's like, you know, those kind of little kicks up the arse or realizations for you as a business owner is, are like much needed because that's the thing like that's that's the carrot at the end of all this like if you really do make it a success and you know if you're thinking about like should i do this should i not do it? like there are some there are definitely some indicators for, i've learned that i would say to people who are listening like it's a bit like when you hire somebody my train of thought when you hire someone is like if you can kind of somewhat convince them not to do it and they still want the job that's a good sign so if you've got an idea in your head, you know, and you maybe have a think about like, well, what are the things that, what are the factors that might stop the success? And if it's still something that sticks with you, and it's the same with an idea. If you've got an idea that is, has stayed in your head for five, six, ten years, that's usually a good sign that you're onto something, you know. And um, another little thing, not to stay in the negative, but like just be aware of advice. And but I actually think this is like yeah. as you give advice. <laughs> as I give advice. <laughs> so take everything I'm saying to you with a pinch of salt. But 
when you start a business, right, the first people you're going to ask for advice are your friends and your family, right, and your close circle, which is great. And going back a few years ago, I actually relied very heavily on that advice from your immediate circle. However, just think about this for a moment. The reason why you've you've solved the problem or you've come up with an idea. And if you think about the Airbnbs, the Ubers, and all these people in the world, like you've come up with this idea. Like there's a reason why they're being successful because nobody else has come up with it. So if you throw that idea at somebody, most people are going to go, ah, that's fucking crazy. And there's that saying of like, if you want a good idea, destroys like offer it to your friend brother sister loved one and they'll tell you a million reasons why you shouldn't do it and that's the thing i would just like you've you've seen the gap you've seen the idea and not many other people if any are going to actually have the same understanding of what you're doing go out there get all the advice that you need in the world but at the end of the day this is a vision this is a thing that you've seen and only you i think can really see um you know, the woods between the trees and most success stories would attest to this right up through it. And this isn't just something that happens at the beginning. You think of Apple or something like that when they went to go to investors and then like, look at Steve Jobs. He went to investors, got money, set up Apple, turned into huge success. But then the board, like as it grew, the board were like, we don't think you're the right person to drive this. Like we now think we know better. And they sacked him or whatever. The company started to die in the arse and then they hired him back again. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, even even when it's taken off and even when it's success, you're still going to get people going, well, I don't think you, like, need to take it to a better place. So, yeah, get my advice there would be like... <laughs> um, my advice would be don't listen to advice. Yeah, get all the advice. Yeah. <laughs> my advice is I'm going to be sued here is like well I heard this on a podcast and he told me to do this so I went and did it and my business was an absolute failure um, but yeah like get all the advice you want but at the end of the day like the decision sits with you in your gut in your feel and you're the only one that can just decide to do it and there's risk involved in it of course like when we started the business we took out a personally liable loan of 40,000 Australian dollars I think it was like so if we had opened doors and it died in its arse, we would have been 40 grand in the holes. Like, and that, like, 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 you know, some people get given money to inheritance and things like that, our parents and so forth. But like, when you're on your own, like, that's I mean, you've got to be sure. Well, you know, you've got to think as much as you can to be sure. You've got confidence, definitely to, but I mean, if I can start a business on a one, which again, I think you should be cautious of advice. That's when, you have to be cautious on social media because you can scroll for 10 minutes on any social media platform and there's at least 50,000 people telling you. Easiest way to 50 grand a week. Just quit a job. Don't give it a 95. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And it'd be some people I, know, I do know of who have either quit a job or a whim or started something that probably did have legs, but they'd done it just on a whim without really thinking it through and they'd executed it very poorly and it put them off when they could have probably... And I kept going with it or maybe thought about it a bit better and executed it at a better time. And so I, I do think it's it's worthwhile to, to take your time with it. And then you yeah, should that, be, that, be confident. There's going to be doubts, mate. That's another part, doubts. If you're not doubting yourself at some point, again, I would then I would go and get advice because you, you should be, if you go in overly cocksure, I've got the 
exact solution to this. Mm. No, you don't. Like, you mm. don't. There'll be holes in it somewhere. Somebody needs to find those holes. And you might find them yourself by trial and error. But if it's just so cocky and cocksure every single thing, then I don't think that's authentic. I think every person I know who's got a business, successfully or unsuccessfully, has had self-doubt, doubting them, doubting things, being, being, having doubts and being challenged is, is one of the most healthiest things in the world. And mm. I've got certain people who I go to, whether it be mentors or like people close to my house, I'll throw an idea and see how they challenge me. And that'll make me think about an idea differently. And then so, some things you take on board, some things you don't. Some things are like, nah, nah, I'm sticking with that anyway. Some things are like, nah, I'll get rid of that. So I do think it's um, that is worth that is worth um. Well, the whole thing of you know failure, which is everyone kind of well, the last couple of years has been a lot of conversation and like you know failure is good and all that kind of stuff, which is which is totally true. Like you don't learn through success, where you learn very little through success, where you learn a lot more through failure. Um, and I know that is gone around the block a bit, but it is a very important thing to note. And you don't often see failures projected from a public public standpoint, like, you know, when a business yep. is successful, they don't go, here's all our failures today, which is, you know, the failures are usually, you know, <laughs> on the inside. But you, like, you look at any successful business, there is, like, there's always failures behind there. Um, and to reference, I say, Elon Musk again, and I'm no fan one way or another of Elon Musk. This is not sponsored by Elon Musk, if anyone's wondering either. But, Watch it, what is yeah. my brilliant. <laughs> yeah, well if you do want to swap this Elon Musk I know you <laughs> supported the South Australian uh, energy uh, system there so why not come to Sydney and sponsor our podcast but he has the SpaceX thing you know which is I think even with Tesla and something like that like, like is it still making profits like there's not you know all that kind of stuff going on but with SpaceX when I watched the documentary on Netflix first of all you know they were told like you're never going to be able to do is like NASA's the you know the be all end all, which was like a government led, you know, company. Um, and they were at a commercial business and they were kind of told, like, you know, you we won't work with you because, like, you know, you're commercial, blah, 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 which, you know, it's all made sense. Um, but they stuck at it and they were able to send rockets into space. And then to give you one example <clears throat> within that documentary, one of the things NASA hasn't been able to do has been to reuse the engine you know that's the thing that like falls off the back when like a shuttle gets into space and that engine alone i think costs the most money because it's like a one use only and that's why it costs like millions and billions of dollars to and to do all those tests and, like there hasn't been a massive frequency of humans going into space or into the onto the moon or places like that since 1969 so what spacex did was well why can't we reuse the engine and if we can reuse the engine, then it won't cost us as much to do tests. So we can do tests more frequently, which is better for space and um, you know exploration. So they did that, and then they failed. Like if you watch it, like they failed, 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 failed to the point where I think he was down to his last like few dollars. I think they had something like I think he had five attempts or something like that left in his kitty that he could fund. After that, they were fucked. Like they would have gone bankrupt. And I think on the third one or something. They landed it, and um, so basically they put like almost like these uh, trusters on the engine. So when it fell off, they then guided it down and then landed. Yeah, I think that was on the news. Yeah, so now they've done that, and now because they've done that, now they're working with NASA to do that and blah, blah, blah. And now like you know, so it's just an example of like 
constant failure. And if you think about a business, you might try an idea as you're saying, it might not work. But there's other things like, yeah, maybe the timing wasn't right. Or if that idea fails, well, how can that morph into your next idea, into your next idea, into your next idea, into your next idea, into your next idea. So yeah, there's huge learnings to get from all those failures. So if you just think of that, you know, Musk as an analogy of the rockets and how many failures his rockets have to, to be a success and how close he came to the edge of sheer bankruptcy. And even if he had gone bankrupt, like, so what? Like, you know, um, if you're a good person with good values and good drive and good all those energies, if you do go bankrupt, yeah, it's obviously a shit situation. But, you know, if you're not on the edge. Like, you know, you file bankruptcy, you move on. Yeah, you can come through. Like, think about you, Gary. Like, Gary's also a business owner as well, just for the record. Um, and like, you're you're in the kind of my envy zone with some businesses because, like, when you, if your business goes off, off, it's a this again, it's the Akabum's analogy of like, you know, it can, you know, it can be a really nice sweet spot, and to be your own boss and like not to, you know, like, there's some really, really good, lovely pros with your situation, but um. Yeah, so my point there was like, so, but let's say it doesn't go that way for you, Gary. And I don't know, there's a GFC and things going, no one plays soccer ever again, blah, 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 whatever. You've still got your parents back in Scotland. You've got your partner here in Australia. And you've also got transferable skills that you could use in a number of jobs, like, you know. So there's so many levels, like, between you and like, like if you think fear like everyone has that fear of like i'll be out in the street homeless with no food like, yeah you've actually got so many layers between you where you are right now to where that where you're literally on the street you know and so like that's the other thing like you know same with us here like sue's mum oh i lost you there for a sec um can you hear me I see you, mate. All good. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, Sue's mum lives in Brisbane. Like, you know, if Nimbus failed tomorrow and we went bankrupt, we could always go and live with her. And then, again, what you don't know is, like, even if that did happen, you don't know if that's happened for a good or wrong reason. Like, who knows? Like, if Nimbus failed, we went to live with Sue's mum, Sue could pick up a habit like painting or something like that. All of a sudden all of a sudden those artworks could be like world famous. And then, you know, I'd never have to work a day again in my life. <laughs> like, oh, that's a plan. <laughs> yeah, that's a plan. But you know what I mean? Like, you just don't know. And to give guys another example, if you're out there, there's an artist called CJ Henry, who's from Brisbane. I think Sue had knew her through school or something like that. I think she was in school, did all that kind of stuff, left school. That's um, the artist. The artist does American. Yeah, yeah. She, can, yeah, can she you yeah, yeah, she's had like so she does these real she draws with a with a pen and it's like looks like a photograph and she does like boxing gloves and like all this kind of they're cool stuff. Yeah, they're unreal. Like you look at it going, how how is this not a photograph? But like she wasn't conventional. She didn't go to uni, I don't think, or like there was something like, oh, she didn't do the path that was supposed to be there for her. And now she's like, that's her job. Like she gets sponsored. Yeah. By by Bic, who's the pen people. She lives in New York, I think, or something like that. She does sponsored she does, by Bic. <laughs> yeah. 
So her, her, the product well, I do that. There's only so many pens you can use, man. That's I mean, she probably goes through a thousand pens to do one artwork, and now she doesn't have to pay for that because the company, like, you know, like it's a perfect synergy on both sides. Like, like that's like, do you know what I mean? That's somebody who didn't conform and said, like, going to uni and probably doing all those things. You know, I don't even know her story properly, but like, that's what I mean. You go out and you take a risk. Like, there's also, like, there's, there's so many of these stories. Oh, my yeah, it's like you, you talk all day about just yeah. stories, success, failures, people who have came out of nowhere, people who have failed and yeah. came back, people who haven't bankrupt and struggled and changed but careers. I'll, but I'll finish, I'll be finished on the one thing at this point was like, sometimes you need, it's gone back to like my, the business mentor that we had. I said, like, you need, you almost need the fear, like, you need that to drive you, like, that you need that fear of like failure to drive you. And there's, there's a DJ in the UK called Maya Jane Coles, who I think she was like almost on the street, had no money left and was, I think, in, you know, some commission housing and was literally on the edge. And because she was on the edge, she started, she was like, all I can do here is try and make some music. So her first album she made, I think, out of a bedroom, like off some equipment that someone lent her. And, and it went off and now she's like an international superstar DJ here we go <laughs> <laughs> that's actually from a chemical brother's line but, <laughs> but you know what I mean like that like that that fear of her being on the edge drove her to create this music which had obviously so much like energy in it which then led to her going on to the, like you know what I mean so it's like you know, you just don't know. And sometimes being in your comfort zone, having everything in place is not the answer. Sometimes you need to be on the edge to be able to find the thing that really truly inspires you, if that makes sense. No, I don't know, I mean, as you said, everyone's got their own, their own path and you don't really know what's in the corner, but... Yeah, it's interesting, mate. From the mental health perspective, I think the whole, not just running a business, but even the workplace career pathway is a very interesting topic. Um, I think even off the back of it, this conversation, which has been very off the cuff, as you can probably tell if you're listening, it's just, um, I think it leads to, I'm already in my head thinking of a few people who I'd like to get on to talk maybe about certain aspects of maybe creating, um, like I'm thinking of a guy who's ridiculously good at productivity stuff and creating routines and he's got the, the best processes and workflows ever. They're so simple when he does them and you do it and you practice like that's, how have you thought of that? I can't comprehend how you've done that. But then when you try it, and that's so simple. But he's just, he doesn't do anything. He removes all obstacles. Anything's got any friction between doing anything, he'll find a solution for it. Anything in his day, but it'd be as simple as putting a task into his phone. If it takes longer than two clicks, he's like, I need to find a way around that. He'll think, make sure there's no friction. He doesn't use his mouse pad. He's found a way to do all the keyboard shortcuts, but his hands never come off the keyboard. Because it's just the amount of time you lose clicking on a mouse. And I'm like, like for me to yeah. think of have you seen that guy there's a guy on social media I can't remember his name off the top of my head he's an absolute unit does gymnastic stuff as well he's always jumping about oh I can't remember his name he's on Instagram but he's probably the most famous person I know who talks about it all the time keyboard shortcuts basically always everything is just using the keyboard never uses the mouse um, but I think there are little things that's obviously an extreme uh, extreme example but those sort of people and guests out there who can come on and help help people with some advice and help us with some advice. Oh my God. 100%. Like if you, because I actually had a previous job, there's a guy called Brian who's from the US who I work with. Um, hello, Brian. 
he was mad about this stuff. And he I think he was looking at me some days messing about like he was like, What are you doing? Like and it's all about <laughs> efficiency. It's all about efficiencies. Yeah. And he put some basic like when I I used to like give one example when you're in Gmail or stuff like that. When I used to get an email let's say from Gary, I would make a Gary folder and then I'd drag it and drop it in there. And he looked at me one day doing that and he's like, What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm putting it in my folder. Like I thought I was being organized. And he was like, You can create a keyboard shortcut which labels it so I can go shift six or whatever and then it'll come up what what folder do you want to put in i go and i type g and it'll come up gary bam so i literally go two taps on my finger and it's in there and, and like there was a few other things like that like he taught me like there was like saving things onto a clip like there's a there's a plugin you can get into your mac so you can screenshot something i've, I've, on, I've on that it's good yeah and then you just it's on a clipboard and so you don't have to go like download the file then like try and like, drag it <laughs> yeah and if you think about that, like that probably saves you like some it could save you like 30 seconds, let's say. Oh well, if you're on if you're on a computer all day, eight to ten hours a day. It's just yeah. The big thing is that there's a there's a great book called by Cal Newport called Deep Work. A lot of people might have heard of it. Brilliant. This guy's brilliant when it comes to about how to stay in that sort of flow state if you're if you're studying or trying to get something done. But he talks about obviously everyone thinks he can multitask. Mm. But if you change so say right now. I'm talking to you and then the message walks up and starts chatting to me. The time it takes me to recalibrate and come back to what we're talking about, say I'm right deep in a conversation, I don't know, that I can't remember the time he says, mm. but it's a certain amount of time. So he says, if those little nano or micro seconds of you constantly recalibrating, try to get back in, you can never get into that workflow. So you end up getting hard, a tenth of what you would get done and it's subpar work because you're never really getting in that deep work state. Whereas if you just do like, you probably heard of like Pomodoro's, like a 25-minute spell, just nothing, even as simple as getting rid of your toolbar on top of your screen, so you can't click anything else, just full screen, no distractions. There's a clock, 25 minutes, do that, you'll get more done in that 25 minutes than you would if yeah. you had like two tabs that open, you click between the both of them, and you, next thing you're Googling something, then your phone goes off. Mm. You get nothing done in that time. And do you know what, like for someone like who struggles with, like let's say, like mental health and things like that going on in your head, when you do do that, because I've had I've had flushes of time where I've been good at that, more so when I was in corporate life. But if you come out of one of those, sometimes, and the, the cool thing is when you get your head entrenched or something like that for a while, sometimes you come up for air, then it could be two hours later, which is Hi, great. With mental, yeah, and you come up and you go, fuck, I was in that for two hours. And then you're like, <laughs> but then you actually, but the, the, it always, you always feel great after it. Like you uh, don't feel... Uh, I, I think beforehand you think, oh, I can't spend two hours on that. No, like I've got all this other stuff to do. But if you actually go and do it and fall into that, and then you come out, you go, and then you feel great. You're like, fuck, I smashed that. Did two hours, that was unreal. And then like, <laughs> your work is always better. And then you're like, oh, but then I'll go back into my email again. And then you're uh, in that, like, that inertia. And procrastination for business I owners. Not, I, I, think, I think we could do a, a full podcast on procrastinating. Uh, I think we could oh, probably get I think we'd better get some sort of expert guest on to talk about oh, tools for that. That would be a tool uh, yeah. podcast. Because you get you get procrastination, like as you're saying, you get the distractions, which then lends procrastination because you get someone going, Can you send me that logo image? And then you go and you have to do that. And then someone's like, oh, do we want to have a meeting with this? So you have all those things. But then you have the own the things in your immediate environment. So I'm terrible at this. Like 
I'm always like, oh, I should really go for a pee. Haven't had a cup of tea in a couple of hours. I have a cup of tea. Then I sit down. Then I have a water. Then I have a little snack. Yeah, then I'll, I'll just check Instagram for a second. Then you got to go for it. Yeah, it's 12.37. I can't start a task at 12.37. I'll start at one o'clock. So give myself 20 <laughs> minutes to tell you <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Or then you're like, that's Friday. <laughs> I can't do like, you know, a strategic thing on a Friday. I'll leave that to Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. <laughs> well done. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> smart life up balance. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, I've, I've had times where like, sometimes, I don't know if anyone's like this, like, you find an email in your drafts. So sometimes you think, right, I'm on top of things, go. I used to have it in corporate where I think I'd have everything done, six o'clock, you got to go home. And as you're going to go home, you're about to shut anything and a draft email comes up and you're going, fuck, I was supposed, <laughs> I was supposed to send this, fuck. And then you're like, then you're like shy. And then you have to go and do that. So you have like those short-term ones. But then other times I've found things like, like a Microsoft Word doc, which is open on my like I think, and I started three months ago or something like that, and I'm like, oh my god, this is really bad. And like, <laughs> avoiding all that is bad. But there's another thing that sprung to mind as well, which is there's a book. There's a woman I can't think of her name. She's very famous for this, but she has like the five second rule. And this is no Gretchen Rubin. Um, oh, I can't remember her name. I can't. I know you're talking yeah. about. Five second rule, and it, like we had Nick, the CEO of the tier, who spoke something that was in a similar vein of this, of like the micro and macro moves. So you have like, and this is where like I love what you were talking about, like the simple things that you can do that aren't going to be too arduous. Like, you know, you've got a 16 page PDF on how not to procrastinate. To a procrastinator, you're going to procrastinate not to do that. <laughs> like, that's the, the vicious yeah. cycle. But what I like about the five second rule and the micro macro moves, what Nick was saying, like, if you're in bed and you wake up and you're like, oh, I could do it another half hour or you could actually just make a small thing like put your foot outside the bed and then all of a sudden you're up and then your day start and away you go. It's the same thing. The five second rule is like, should I go for a workout or should I not? And you go, give it five seconds, one to three, and then make a decision one way or another. And then you almost won't have any. Guilt. Do this, Fuck it. Oh god. Feelings like that woman who, like, she, she talks about. She's on Oprah and everything about like how it's like honestly, it's a like it's a proven thing. Like because at least if you make a decision, this again goes back to being a business owner, procrastinating the guilt, the stress. At least if you make part of it is just making decisions. That's the hard part, and that's it that, that hangs that hangs over you. Like whereas at least if you make a decision, even if it fucks up, you're like, well, you can't be annoyed. Yeah, usually you if you make a decision wrong, I feel like you take action quicker to rectify it. So you sort of got there anyway a lot quicker than you would have just keep thinking about doubting making that decision. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or like yeah, if you're like okay, like just to give an example, oh, we're doing an EDM, let's do it this way, you do it, you go, fuck it, let's just do it, do it, and it doesn't do well, it's like, fuck well, I know that doesn't work anymore, so you can just bin that, and then you can yeah, go yeah, on to yeah. the next thing, so like, you know, again, there's positives to all that, but yeah, I, like, maybe like, if someone wants to dip their toe in this, like, just try that five second thing, or try that micro macro move thing, because those micro changes, which is what Nick said, can lead to macro thing, and this is again, going back to like, problem solving, you think, you know, we spoke about the song analogy earlier on, all those kind of things. Break it down into micro things. So if you're like, if you think, right, I've got a big thing happening, how am I going to tackle it? Like, if you just break it into like basic steps or modules, like, you know, like if someone said to you, 
like think of marathon runners like you know if you're like right you gotta run a marathon it's 42 kilometers like blah, 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 blah. like that's what puts people off but if you actually just break it down into going like kilometer by kilometer whatever like it always goes like you know i guarantee you most people who do a marathon for the first time it's never as bad as what you think it's going to be on paper before, you know, or triathlon or all that kind of stuff. I'm sure there is like, you, you know, you do put yourself through, but yeah, I think if you break things down into small sections, you'll, you'll, you'll end up at the end goal, you know, whereas if you try and tackle the end goal as one big beast, like, you know, it's, it's just not going to work. Um, yeah, well, and I think, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, no, I had one, sorry, one other, <laughs> this is a lot of analogies, I know. <laughs> But I presented this to like the Nimbus team before, where I say, when they landed on the moon in 1969, you would just presume their trajectory was like straight line to the moon. But if you actually look at the charts, which I think is available on like NASA or whatever, NASA. they have to they have to use propulsion like engines, so it's like bursts. Yeah. So they do all these little bursts. So if you actually look at their trajectory, it's like a complete zigzag. So they yeah. burst and it goes forward. Then they have to recalibrate. Right. They burst again. So it's a really lovely analogy of like to get to the moon is not a linear line. It goes like this. It's the exact same for you and anything that you do. Like if you think it's going to be linear, like you're wrong and that's okay. And you need to recalibrate. So, you know, there's another one. There's another locker or another tool for your toolkit, guys. <laughs> all free. <laughs> We could be charging uh, like a thousand dollars an hour for all this. Advice. Mate, someone <laughs> somewhere is probably charging a fortune for just giving it an analogy to people. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think, yeah, I think dude, the, the analogy doctors that's a new name. <laughs> <laughs> you can use that one, guys. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, that was, I mean, that was off, like as I said, that was off all sorts of tangents, it was off the cuff, but I think. Hopefully, if you if I think you run a business or you do run a business or you're disinterested in that, you've got something from that. I'd be actually interested to know if anyone who's listening has got some tips or tricks or things they do or things they find difficult or they can also relate to. Always interested. Some people do drop us messages on Instagram, direct messages for thoughts on things that have happened in the episode. So, and do you know what the other, the other last bit of leading advice I'd give is like the same with mental health. Like if you and when we did the light ball a few years ago, this guy called Colum who owns the Doss House, which is like a whiskey bar. Oh, I well, uh. in Sydney. Yeah, it's brilliant. He said this fucking brilliant line. We did a vox pop with him on the red carpet when we had the black tie event. And he said, if you're out there and you're struggling with mental health and you can solve it entirely on yourself, good on you. Like credit to you, and I hope that continues. But he said, like like that's probably the rarity so seeking advice is actually a strength not a weakness and it's the exact same with business like like as i said people don't see this on instagram but like i'm currently working with a men's empowerment coach i had this like really expensive like which costs like that's an expensive thing it's not like free or anything like that going back six or seven years ago i had this i got awarded this coaching thing which was like a 10 10 session thing which fucking changed my life i go to psychologists you know sometimes i take medication like i have a business we have multiple business mentors we also have like other businesses in our network of friends and like you know even like the you guy we would like chat to stuff about 
something like we were just chatting about apps that Gary's found beforehand, which he's passed on to me. Like to think that you can go through business like entirely by yourself, like is just like it's just not nah, true. Well, what is it? What is it? I mean, I'm just throwing a wee scene in here to join the gang, but if you want to go, what is it again? If you want to go far, oh, uh, yeah, go alone or something like that, you go far, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I know, I know, I know the I know the one you're thinking, yeah, like it, it's, yeah, somebody, somebody right now is shouting at the, shouting at the radio, Fuck. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. If, if you go, if, but if you go together, you can go far, something like that, yeah. but that's Basically, it, it's, you're not gonna yeah, go very far. By and if you think about a, if, if you think about a pie, like a pie, or another analogy is like wearing the hat as a business. Okay, this is the last analogy that we're getting to. Someone cut his mic. Now, when you start as a business owner, you wear all these hats, right? You're the marketer, you're the accountants, you're the front of house, you're all these same things. And it's like you're thinking of it like as a pie. You know, and then as you grow, you, you have to start taking the hats off because you can't do everything yourself. Like, and that's hard as a founder or owner when you're like, well, this is my baby. Like, I need things to look a certain way. And that's a hard thing to let go and trust it to somebody else. But you have to do that. You can't bear it all yourself. And also thinking of the pie, like you have this, as I said, you kind of do all those things to start off. But I know I'm not a finance guy. Like, I'm fucking brutal at that, like. <laughs> receipts like reconciliation all those things like like it's dangerous giving me cards and like you've got like sometimes that pie you might only have one little slice that really is what you're good at like so like you need to at some point realize that that like okay it could be marketing or whatever like that's my thing and just focus on that let the other people who are the experts in that do those things because that's the only way you're going to grow trust me you cannot grow trying to do it all yourself no way so you need to let go uh, which is actually one of the hardest things you can do as a business owner you know perfect mate we'll wrap up there before you give another <laughs> one more analogy <laughs> i have is uh... <laughs> about wrapping things up <laughs> yeah. anyway cool so we hope you enjoyed this little um <laughs> all over the place we episode we live uh, an analogy podcast yeah no, yeah decent anyway uh, we'll be back so we've got a few other guests lined up so we'll, we'll have some other guests come up in this season too this is a wee different one I think we'll do some different ones maybe shorter ones maybe 20-30 minute episodes I mean they'll yeah. have less classes yeah Gary 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 came up with a good idea of like with season with season one we've always had a guest in, in an expert in their field which is great but for season two we might try and go deeper on single topics so we could just chat about experiences like real life experiences that hopefully people can relate to and also just chatting to people who are average Australians or anyone in the world like you don't have to be an expert so we're hopefully going to speak to a lot of you know everyday people on the show about their trials and tribulations and that is my little son in the background so um that is the universe saying shut up Neil and be a dad <laughs> 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 right, send me. I'll let you go. Um, All right, cheers, Gary. Nice seeing your face. Yeah. All, All right, catch you, mate. Okay, bye. Don't forget to follow us on all the social media channels, including Instagram and Twitter, at These Lands Are Mental. And if you do have a topic or a guest or subject that you want us to talk about, please do get in touch and send in your suggestions. Thanks for joining us on today's show. As mentioned at the beginning, if you are struggling with mental health, 
please do seek further assistance. Here's who you can get support from. Lifeline, Beyond Blue, Fitzhear, and the Black Dog Institute.